Don't Troy, <laughs> coach, we've been in this place a lot of times, man. Mm. Ain't afraid of no towels now. <laughs> oh, mama. <laughs> I guess I gotta know, how do we feel about coming here to Pittsburgh and getting a dub? Oh! Welcome to Entitled Town. Filling in for Al, I'm AI Bird Breer. What I'm hearing is that we're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative, you and some of the fans. I can confirm that all the negativity in this town sucks. These guys were around when Steve Grogan was booed, and when Zeke Moawat was menacing and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. The sense inside the building that I've been banned from is that Patrick Scartelli is here with four downs for the win over Pittsburgh. From my couch in Duxbury, I'm AI Bird Breer. Scart C? Thank you, AIP Freely. These are the four downs for last Thursday's Patriots at Steelers game. Down one, the broadcast not being only on Amazon Prime locally. Channel 25 also showing the game prevented people from being able to complain and carp about buffering or motion smoothing or not being able to find the match on their solid-state Magnavox TV. Of course, viewers in New Hampshire, mortgage-free Western Mass, or in the Pacific time zone, still had to uh, stream the game, so they could, and probably did, gripe with impunity. Down two, Bailey Zappi, for not winning the QB competition in training camp, unless, unless that competition was rigged, as rigged as, say, a uh, hypothetical in-season NBA tournament, where skids were greased and extra timeouts awarded to allow the Lakers to win another fake championship and to give LeBron another MVP trophy. And all because winning time got canceled by HBO. What? Oh yeah, Zappy. Good game. Stop trying to throw the ball in the triple coverage. Although you don't have to worry about getting replaced by down three, Malik Cunningham anymore. He's down because if he was so gosh darn amazing in practice and all his teammates had him in such high regard, I think it's entirely possible that Malik can say, mm, 18 other players could have, you know, hijacked the Pats' locker room, taking control of the uh, situation, as it were. They're the captain now. I know at least one uh, AFC East coach that would have been impressed by such teamwork. <laughs> and down four. Well, for down four, we need a fourth win. Hey, I don't make up these rules. Well, okay, I do. But without rules, you have chief players lining up offsides every game. This isn't non-Patrick. There are rules. And that's the four downs. We'll now take you straight to Entitled Town. All right, it is Entitled Town. Thank you to A. Ibert. Thank you to Scartelli. Uh, Dan is here along with Scartelli and me, Mike Irons. Dan, winning in Pittsburgh does not get old. Uh, Mike Tomlin foiled again by the Patriots, 21-18 on Thursday night. Uh, last Thursday night in Pittsburgh, uh, they got out to a win. They played situational football. Mitch Trubisky isn't going to beat you when you get an 18-point lead on him. I was pretty confident in that. How about you? I guess we're supposed to not like wins now. We're 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 we're, we're supposed to we're all supposed to be all for tanking. But no, it's 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 a win on the road, prime time in Pittsburgh. Why? Why would we ever want anything but that? That was truly enjoyable. Um, that first half, where did that come from? Where the, we were we were worried that Zappy couldn't throw anything downfield, but he had two perfect passes uh, for touchdowns to Henry. Um, it was just a great, fun game to watch. Even when you know Pittsburgh was coming back, even when they did, you know, couldn't keep it up for the full sixty minutes, but doesn't matter they 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 won that game they earned that win it was i was entertained it was nice to see juju smith schuster come back from having his knee amputated to actually provide what we thought he was going to provide uh when he was signed scartsy the first drive they go down the field bing bang boom they score they they're juju's catching 50 50 balls zappy is moving in the pocket uh, he's not shitting his pants in his pockets and throwing fadeaway jumpers down the field. Who are these guys? As I mentioned, just winning in Pittsburgh. You just If you can't appreciate going into that godforsaken place with all those yinzers 
and winning a game and ripping up. They expected to roll over the Patriots in that game. And Belichick got them again. Beautiful. Oh, geez. They hit the over in like the uh, second quarter, didn't they? It did. It did. <laughs> all, all the experts were wrong. How about that? And it, it's just uh, it's just so enjoyable to just see that, uh, to, to borrow a phrase, that entitled bunch get uh, get their get their lunch taken from them. It's, it doesn't get old. And the fact that it's in Pittsburgh where they can't complain that the, uh, that the headsets cut out or, you know, there was, you know, someone looking at them funny in the, you know, in the, in the hallways kind of thing. It, it, it's great stuff. It's great stuff. Uh, I don't know who this uh, Zappy was. He, we haven't seen anything like this out of him so far this season, but it was a, anytime you get, we're, we're so happy with wins. It's nice that we've got three of them to rub together. I, I wouldn't mind getting a few more this season. Amen to that. I, you know, I will say I have a bit of empathy for Mike Tomlin when he got uh, Scott Zolak doing color in his headphones when they were playing at Foxborough a few years back. That's a war crime on the Patriots' behalf because no one should be forced <laughs> to listen to Scott Zolak grunt on air, never mind on the sideline. Uh, Dan, you're uh, elaborating the game. I mean, beating the Steelers, always great. They're calling for Tomlin's head in Pittsburgh. The mouth breathers in Western Pennsylvania are doing the same thing that the mouth breathers and the media's are doing regarding Bill Belichick. Uh, but it's always great to win in Pittsburgh. I guess well in Pittsburgh, all you have to all you have to do is have one losing season and they're they still have a winning record, right? But yeah, they're seven if, and six if, and right if, in the middle of the playoff hunt. Yeah, but if they're in threat of that after losing to the Patriots, I suppose losing to the Patriots is enough uh for them to want that. Um from your opening, um I, I loved the locker room, the, just the disrespect they had. The guy, the one guy in there saying, you know, we don't need no towels. And oh, I want to know which Patriot it was that started singing Renegade. <laughs> that was David Andrews. Was it? Oh, yes. Beautiful. Of course it was. <laughs> Patriot for life. <laughs> oh, mama. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Scartsy, Zappy, as, as we mentioned, he, he did not shit his pants in the pocket. There were no fadeaway jumpers. He was 19 of 28 for 240 yards, uh, three touchdowns, one bad interception, one good half of football. The other one, they were playing situational. They just, okay, Trubisky, go ahead and beat us. You know, the only way that the Steelers were going to win that game, in my opinion, is if the Patriots turned the ball over. And of course, they did at one point, and they right. did wind up winning by three. But I think that the thing that I will miss most if and when Bill Belichick is let go, traded, mutually parts with the Patriots, the one thing I'm going to miss is just the in-game management that we see every goddamn week, coaches in the NFL fucking up basic stuff. Andy Reid does it. Sean McDermott does it. Throwing the ball three times before the two-minute warning before everything that happened in Kansas City and that great game on Sunday. Andy Reid, of course, infamous for his clock management blunders, but don't give them the game if they can't take it from you. And that's why the Patriots hung on to win that game, in my opinion. Oh, sure. There's, there was the usual griping about punting on, you know, fourth and short kind of situations. But again, the situation warranted that Mitch Trubisky is not going to beat you. Yeah, you don't want him going 45 yards. You want to make him go 85 yards because he will <laughs> step on his dick at some point. It's pretty well established. He has... He has a lengthy track record of doing this. I, I would say it's like <laughs> it was like uh, I don't know asking asking our uh, former starting quarterback this season to try and you know try and win the game for you, and it worked out a couple times, but uh, you know that wasn't where the smart money was. Yeah, you don't do the the tush push on a fourth and short with a quarterback who has pigeon legs, or if you drew like to bring back some bad memories. Drew Bledsoe in Pittsburgh in 1993, trying to sneak a touchdown and while tucking the ball down by his abdomen. Nice, nice call dipshit. Uh, Are there you guys surprised by this win? Not particularly. You know, I don't, I, I was, I don't was, know. You know. Go ahead, Scott. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, I uh, just knew that uh, they would, uh, I, I figured that Pittsburgh would be, you know, looking past them and they were, and they did. Yeah, it's, it was a kind of a classic letdown game for Pittsburgh. It's a short week, Thursday night. Um, 
I mean, the only reason, I mean, Pittsburgh has as bad a quarterback situation as the yeah. Patriots do. Kenny Pickett's a year away from being Mac Jones potentially. Although I think right. there's, um, I think that, you know, obviously he's, he's performed a little bit better despite the putrid offensive statistics, but man, when you have, when you have Mitch Trubisky as your backup, you still need a backup and probably the same thing with Bailey Zappi, but you know, we can fool ourselves into thinking that maybe there's something there. And I'm excited to see them play Kansas city in the um, flexed out game on Sunday in Foxborough. I, I was just thinking that in the weeks preceding this, the defense has been playing so, so well and just their game plan, their offensive game plan, I felt like they were putting putting themselves in pretty decent positions to win. And, you know, it was Mac that was a letdown for two straight games. Yep. Not the offensive line, not the game plan, certainly not the defense. It, I was not surprised whatsoever at them coming out uh, victorious on th- that night. And I'll say this, um, Bill Belichick has rightfully gotten more than the shit that he's due regarding the state of the current roster hit it out of the park with Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott is the main reason why they won that game last Thursday night. He had 72 yards receiving, had the first touchdown on the swing pass uh, to the offense's right on the first drive and enabled them to hold on to the ball. He had 22 carries for 68 yards. Not a great um, little over three yards a carry, but that's the yeah. game plan. The Pittsburgh knew they were going to put the ball in jeopardy in the second half. And yeah, that's a good tackle. job. Yeah, and the saving tackle. That's true. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, really good win. I mean, do we take anything from Zappy? I mean, they just, I mean, they got Cunningham out of there. By the way, the furor over Cunningham getting released is just typical Boston media BS. Bedard berated them for having Cunningham as the backup quarterback when they played in Vegas a few weeks back. And now he's the second com- coming of Michael Vick and Steve Young now that he's been taken off the practice squad. Um, by Baltimore. It's a, talk about disingenuous bullshit of the Boston media. That's it in a nutshell, right there. All day on Wednesday, just the caterwauling and the hand wringing is, well, I guess it's predictable, Scarcy. It was predictable. Like I, uh, like I said during the four downs there, if, if he was, you know, so great in practice, how come he never saw the field? I, I think, uh, I, I don't know if the players are seeing different things than the coaches are, but, you know, if he, if he does well in Baltimore, good for him. If he doesn't, then uh, he's no worse off, uh, no worse off than he was uh, here than there. Yeah, taken back to the days of Michael Bishop, right? When everybody's hundred, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I will point out that he was activated for the game against the Chargers in Foxborough a couple of weeks back, with the expectation that they had some red zone packages for him. One problem, they didn't get in the red zone, so oh. uh, th- that may explain that bit. So. Um, I won't wish Malik Cunningham good luck in Baltimore because, you know, he's a Raven now and, you know, screw those guys. On to the next topic, gentlemen. Um, the big fear of this week um, in the Boston mediacy is that Tom Curran is reporting or has reported that the Crafts and the Patriots decided after the loss to the Colts in Germany that Bill Belichick will not return as head coach next year. Um, that report took on uh, a life of its own. The national media picked up on it. Uh, Chris Long's podcast picked up on it. Pat McAfee and his endless supply of tank tops picked up on it. And Curran went on um, the larger, you're probably the, the, we're probably the first uh, three after the other three listeners who actually heard this on the Gresham Farrier program. This is Tom Curran appearing Wednesday on the uh, unlamented Gresh and Faria program, speaking about his reportation of Bill Belichick being out at the end of the year. You know, as I said last night, you know, the indications I got after the Germany game was basically that, you know, a decision had been made and that the team would be proceeding in a different direction at the end of the season. And as a result, I think that that's why we don't see Robert Kraft speaking to local media, avoiding reporters at the owners' meetings. It's kind of to an extent, too, just a logical deduction. If we look at the season ticket holder letter that he sent out, if we look at the results after that, it's an absolutely inescapable deduction as to what's going to happen. It's jarring to imagine it, but 
you know, I think that Robert Kraft continuing to sidestep the conversations does speak volumes. Hmm. Do I hear that right then? Do you think there is a move? I'm I'm trying to make sure I'm hearing this right. Yeah, a definite move going to be made? Well, I mean, I can't say a definite move is going to be made until it happens, and I'm only as smart as the people I speak with. <laughs> but, you know, as I said, and I've said it a few times, I think, you know, that there will be a decision made for a parting of the ways. Do you think straight? I, do, do you think a straight firing is off the table? That yes. If, yeah. Okay. That uh, I, at least we can land on that. That it won't be Bill. Grab your things and get out of here. That was the sound of Tom Curran backing it up. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Back it up, uh, Dan. What do you take of this? I think we've all agreed that we think that Be- Belichick will probably not be the coach next year. I don't know. I don't know what the end game is is here. Curran's backing off his report, saying that it's is only as good as his information is. Well, no shit, Sherlock. I think that's kind of implied. But, you know, he doesn't seem to have the courage of his conviction in standing in, in kind of having this blow up on him. Am I reading this wrong? What do you think? Oh, it's 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 kind of tough because I mean with current we know he has sources, but the way he framed that um, it sounded if it were if it were Breer would be all over it because you right. know it's been, it's been indicated to me, you know he's it's not even saying that's I one step from that, the sense inside the building. Yeah, I, I he's not saying I have a source that said this. He's saying it's been indicated to me, and and I wonder what the what the hell was it about the Germany game? I mean, other than yeah, it's 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 uh, maybe it's embarrassing to craft to to lose uh, internationally like that, but. That was a great defensive game plan, and they were in a position to win if it weren't for just an incredibly, you know, uh, boneheaded quarterback play. A fadeaway jumper Kevin McHale would have been proud of. Yeah. Um, I we, We've gone with this with the belief that this is all going to happen, and I'm still not seeing anything concrete – any, nobody's really quoting anybody specific. I know I know they're going to have uh, anonymous sources, but they're not even having anonymous sources. It's just sort of the media feeding all upon themselves. You know, Curran says it, so Pro Football Talk picks it up. Somebody else picks it up because Pro Football Talk says it, and it just becomes, you know, they're circling the wagons in, in that way. Like, where's the actual source other than themselves? Yeah, it's scuttlebutt. The, the sense around the building could also be inside the media room, too. The, the, something that got me Scartelli, and maybe I'm being Dave Brown X too pedantic here and too literal, but Curran implied that Kraft is in the witness protection program. How does that jive with him going on game day when they had the Army-Navy game at, at Gillette on Friday? It doesn't really jive with that, especially when McAfee uh, asked him about or inferred that Belichick was out. Just It doesn't jive. Well, we're trying to trying to, you know, bootstrap, you know, uh, lack of evidence into being evidence. He's not saying anything, so you know what that means. Is what it, must what it be comes guilty. down to. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the old lo- logical fallacy thing, you know. It's like, well, he didn't say, he didn't, uh, he didn't rebut it, so therefore, what are we left to conclude? That's finance manager logic is what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's something. And, uh, <laughs> Again, everyone, everyone, uh, everyone pulled their own little uh, Rashomon kind of thing with uh, with Kraft's uh, you know answer and handshake with uh, with the with McAfee there uh, during the college game day. And, you know, maybe maybe he didn't want to talk about it because he didn't want to talk about it. maybe you know, maybe he wasn't able to process what <laughs> what McAfee was saying. It was just you know being polite that kind of thing, but. Uh, I, I just feel that uh, Tom is, you know, covering his bases like the uh, LL Bean tarp at Fenway kind of thing. <laughs> it's, you know, if if he's if he's you know, if if Bill is you know let go like he's some kind of you know injured bird at the end of the season, then goodness, I was right. And if, and if he's not, well, things changed. I said things could change, and things must have changed. Right. That's what my sources near the building say. Yeah, he's Never pulling the, any the, the... repercussions. Oh, oh, exactly, exactly. The 
no, no, no such thing will happen. I don't mean to make excuses for Curran, but I think, Dan, I think it's very possible that McAfee went rogue and was maybe told there were subjects to not be addressed during that. Um, if so, that's kind of a shitball move, putting in the elderly owner yeah. in a bad spot there. But I think that's certainly, to not defend Curran, I think that's on the table. McAfee's been backing up, backing that truck up for the oh, last couple of too. days as well. Exactly. Lots, of, lots of beeping noises going on. Yeah, right, but, right. But he oh, knew what if, he was doing. He knew what he was insinuating oh, at the time. Oh, exactly. And then now to say that he, you know, he had no idea what he was doing, it's entirely disingenuous, which right. seems to be you know, mm-hmm. well within his character. And yeah, more beeping back- noises than Scott Hansen in the Red Zone studio with a fire down below. Yeah, I get it. That's right. Uh, and speaking of uh, Dave Brown, have the Giants lost since Dave was a <laughs> guest on the show? God, he's 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 styling and profiling like he's Ric Flair. Like, <laughs> God damn it. It, it. By the way, Scartsy, am I? I was texting with Brother John last night. And I get it. It's funny. He's Italian. He lives at home. He eats chicken cutlets. I mean, <laughs> is that funny? I mean, it's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> oh, 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 no. It's it's in it's. It's entirely not funny, <laughs> but it's, but it's easy. And, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing the media likes better than easy. And uh, <laughs> no kidding. we got you, <laughs> you have the guy, uh, you have his, you know, uh, you have his agent dressed like, uh, dressed like boss hijack from my favorite year on the sidelines there. <laughs> yeah. The 1982 movie. So you you look that one up. That's, that's a pretty old uh, cultural reference, you know, Shaughnessy will get it. Exactly. He'll think that's he'll think that's top of the line. Yeah, it's pretty contemporary for us at this point. Oh, um, very much so, very much so. I'll say this though, I think Tommy DeVito would be the best quarterback on the Patriots roster if he was there. That was mm. that's kind of a low bar. <laughs> yeah, that's that's damning with faint praise. <laughs> that's true. Um, so um Patriots play Kansas City in a in the sunshine on a Sunday afternoon at Foxborough on Sunday, not in the uh, Monday night window. Uh, by the way, uh, the Patriots and the Steelers had the largest audience. Those two shitball offensively challenged teams had the biggest audience for an Amazon Prime streaming. Thank you, AI Burger game uh, mm-hmm. since Amazon's taken over. So take that in your hat and shove it. I mean, I guess the Patriots Steelers, I don't know. It's uh Boggled my mind a little bit as well. It's still um, a draw, like the Army Navy game. Yeah. By the way, um, you guys caught Belichick on on game day. He, the, the guys, the guys, just the fucking best. His respect for that game uh, is obviously his father coached at Navy a long, long time. Um, you know, I like the the Army Navy game builds nostalgia to me. The ending was great again. Navy comes up a foot short from having a chance to send that game to overtime, but God damn it. Bill Belichick was great on game day. He played the hits and he nailed it, Dan. Saw one of the, uh, and I, I'm failing to remember which one of these uh, panel shows it was or, or radio shows, but people talking about what's going to be the future for Bill Belichick. And they were talking about him being on TV and saying, Hey, you know what? He'd be great. How good was he on the NFL top 100 show? Yeah. Oh yeah, people people have you know the you know the memory of goldfish when it comes to Belichick. They think he's just you know that the big meanie who is you know grunting out monosyllable answers. But you know if he, if he's you know if when he's in uh, when he's in his element with you know things that you know things that bring him joy, he's going to be joyful. Like when he's discussing long snappers in a in a press conference on a Friday afternoon in that relaxed atmosphere and goes on waxing poetic for 11 minutes over the history of long snapping or uh, the army Navy game. And some random year between nine, 1949 and 1973. Well, the history the of the great... uh, tight ends in football, you know, things like that. We'll, we'll just, you know, send them off, you know, you know, and, and you're off to the races. You know? One of my That's favorite a... ones. He was, I think his second job in the NFL was with the lions in the mid seventies. And he did something in a press conference, probably 15 years ago. And they were talking about how he uses tight ends and how he had used to great effect. He had Watson and he had had Gronkowski and he had uh, the murder who shall not be named. 
that sort of thing. He started waxing nostalgic about, and he's on record that Burt Jones was one of the best quarterbacks he's seen prior to Brady, which is wild to me. But he started talking about David Hill, a Lions tight end from the 70s, who's most famous for dancing in the end zone on old NFL films videos in the Silverdome. But goddamn, that man's encyclopedic knowledge of the game, his underrated wit, you know, it's very likely, in my opinion, that we're seeing the last of him um, manning the sidelines uh, as head coach of the Patriots. And man, I'm going to enjoy every last minute. of. I have so much appreciation and thanks, even for Brady, even if Brady pisses me off. Um a nice baseball card shithead. I, I hope that <laughs> I hope keep cashing the checks. Um, but God well, damn he it. He has to. He lost all that, you know, Bitcoin <laughs> money or whatever. Yeah. Miami Heat Arena was a uh, oh, crypto.com is in LA. It's, by the way, I hope that goes the same way as FTX Arena in Miami. It, crossing my fingers on that one. God. Um, yeah. It's the guy is a treasure. Um, he deserves to go. I hope it, I hope it ends well. I've used the phrase. Dan, that I don't want to borrow anger on this. I don't have a ton of faith. After seeing Crafts uh, um, on game day, man, I don't know if the decision is his. I think it's probably um, uh, Jonathan at this point. But yeah, we don't have much longer of this, I don't think. And I'm trying to enjoy the hell out of it. Every time he stymies the media, every time he sniffs at a question, I'm going to drink it in. I feel like the one thing that could possibly swing it the other way is Kraft's fear of being shown up of, you know, of Kraft's not wanting anybody to stick it to him and his fear that Belichick goes on his success elsewhere. And so his big, you know, passing Don Shula day uh, happens elsewhere while he's on this winning team, while the, while the Patriots are still trying to rebuild with whomever they have, they decide to, to, replace Belichick that's that's the yeah. one thing that can happen you know and we, you and I talked about this a little bit he they ostensibly they they didn't they let Brady go for nothing and in the Wickersham book there's a conversation told through the Kraft lens where Kraft said okay Tommy I'll let you go right and the Patriots hold Bill Belichick's uh contractual rights per current and others next year that's an asset do you hold on to that asset and try to get something in return for it or do you do the same thing that they did for brady and let him go and choose his destination as kind of a thank you i i would like to think that they would turn that into an asset especially if he's going to go somewhere in the afc that's kind of a non-starter there but maybe disrespected uh belichick in private though I mean, he's never done that to to Brady. The way that he continues to tell the schmuck story, the way he he's there was some report of him, you know, a year or so ago, where some other owners talking to him, how long are you can put up with this guy, and and you know, in in private among his, amongst his friends, he has no problem tearing Belichick down. So I don't. Uh, it makes me feel like there isn't love loss. There's no affection there between the two, regardless of how long the uh, the partnership has lasted so yeah he's going to try to squeeze every penny out and belichick did the did the same thing to parcells he 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 fucked parcells and woody johnson over leaving the jets i mean they got a first round pick um the jets got a first round pick in exchange for belichick they'd give back 10 first round picks if they could have kept belichick and it had that kind of success that belichick had in new england scartsy but do you have any feeling on what might happen there and we're we're just flinging shit against the wall like the radio men and most of the the patriots beat writers are doing by the way scarcity. just asking the question <laughs> just asking the question scarcity you're asking the question for me i i'm i'm the beneficiary of your large yes is what it comes down to uh, i just wish that i didn't get the get the feeling that uh robert is operating at effect deficiency that he you know has this, you know, nagging feeling inside that the rest of the uh, owners, you know, the multi-generational ones, view him as some sort of Araviste who married into his, you know, wife's family's box company and you know, doesn't really deserve a seat. Not, not, not even yeah. at the kids' table, never mind the cool kids' table. 
Yeah, he's so, Carlo with the Corleones. Something along those lines, yeah. That's actually terrible. Never mind that. Yeah, that's a. Yeah. Why does he want to be always, We can't always be good at analogies. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, it's the old line, like right? Why say, would I wouldn't want to be any part of any club that would want to have me and they don't want to have them. So, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. That, that can be, that, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, but because of his, you know, fecklessness, you know, things could like, uh, like Dan says, things could, things could swing in such a way that, you know, he feels he has to keep, keep Belichick for the, uh, for the upcoming season. I, I would like to see that, but I wouldn't uh, give it more than, you know, more than you know, two chances out of 10. I'm mentioning like Dave that. Brown more on this podcast than he, I mentioned him on the podcast that I was on with him recently. Dave actually texted me last night that he thought, so I hope I'm not outing you here, Dave. Um, but I am unfortunate wording. Um, Dave posited to me that this might be a trial balloon that's being sent out to Curran on behalf of the ownership group to gauge uh, reaction with with the fans, with the media. And, you know, it's it's a solid working theory. I don't think it can be dismissed out of hand, Dan. What do you think? Which part of it? The 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 trial balloon already made that no, part? trial balloon. It's a trial balloon. That That's what I'm saying. Is that, is that the trial balloon? Is that you know? Is this uh, yes. means testing this particular wording? How's how's this? You know how's how's the general public re- responding to this? If the decision's already made, well, it's already made. You know, we can't go back on that. that well, if it's already of- been made, well, then why is it being walked back? I mean, that's we're talking about semantics and the wording that Karen's using, but the, if the decision has been made, why is Karen have to walk this back? And why this is this? Yeah. It's this the information is only as good as the people I talk to. It's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I can't make this connect for. Well, he this wants to get credit for the scoop without getting burnt. If it's wrong. Well, there's no consequences in the Boston media. So, you know, just fling shit against the wall and, and blindly throw a dart and hope it lands somewhere. Yeah, this has the feel for a you know a limited modified hangout. I think was the uh, Watergate uh, era term for this, where you'll just put something out there and see see what happens. It, it, this this doesn't this doesn't feel right. But uh, I believe uh, one of our one of our uh, podcasters who's in on the uh, on the Route One vicinity <laughs> he called into question whether or not uh, Jonathan is that devious. To, to you know pull off something like this is he smart enough to be that devious is that that's what you're suggesting correct or uh, someone uh, on or near route one might suggest someone on or near route one might suggest eh. then again you know the, these people all have staffs too maybe there's you know a nice uh, maybe there's you know maybe the deviousness is coming from you know somewhere else in the building uh, you know is it somewhere inside the building al ai can confirm per source all right <laughs> um, all right, we're we're done with talking. The go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, and this is we talked about this this in the thread, but we were all trying to get a sense of what you know. Do you, do you think he's gone? Do you think he's gone? And, and I think we were all in in a, in agreement. I think to a man to a man, we all said yes. Yeah. But I had said that the thing that convinced me was watching Julian Edelman's response when they were on Fox, him and uh, Gronk. Mm-hmm. And Gronk was asked straight up, is, is Bill Belichick back? And Gronk's like, oh, yeah, yeah, don't don't listen to this. He's he's coming back. And, and just immediately after, afterwards, you could watch. First of all, you could see Edelman's reaction like, eh. Oh, are you a body language expert now, caller? I am. I am. That's, that's, <laughs> Our that's, conspiracy that's, Bill Simmons has entered the pod. His, his reaction like, oh, long marriages are kind of tough and – you know, you could see him hedging. It just made me feel like, okay, it's, does does he know something? I mean, this is what we're left to is we don't have any sources. We don't have anything concrete. So we're going off of body language and former players. So you're saying what we're doing is the same thing that the media is doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I, I don't think doing the math here, I don't think the crafts are going to share any of that stuff. Maybe it's Bill insinuating to Jules, yeah, Jules, I'm out of here. I'm done with these assholes. I'm out of here. That's me imitating Jules, imitating Belichick, and not very well, <laughs> I might add. Um, 
yeah, we there's going to be a lot of palace intrigue. Um, we're recording this on the evening of December 13th. There's going to be a lot of palace intrigue over the next six weeks. Um, by the way, Scarcelli, the best way we've been talking, it's like Fight Club. We've been talking for years about doing an emergency pod after a big win. <laughs> and you don't talk about doing an emergency pod and then it happens finally for once. And we didn't wind up doing one after the Pittsburgh game. So let's consider this first segment, our emergency podcast, uh, six days later after the win in Pittsburgh. <laughs> let's talk about uh, what happened in the NFL last week. Let's go to our around the league segment brought to you by Peter's Honda of Nashua, the Merrimack Valley's premier Honda dealer. Um, the Sean McDermott stuff that came out last week, Dan, is absolutely remarkable when he he's talking about he's using September 11th to try to motivate his team that the terrorists Mo Atar and team had unbelievable teamwork and spirit and stick-to-itiveness and fight uh, I want him coaching there I'm stealing this <laughs> from my buddy Fletch I want him coaching there absolutely forever yeah this is from a, an excerpt of the report uh I, you know, I won't even do that. You guys, you guys have seen this. Um, the, he cited the hijackers as a group of people who were all able to get on the same page to orchestrate attacks to perfection. One by one, McDermott started asking specific players in the rooms questions. "Quote: What tactics do you think they used to come together?" A young player tried to methodically answer. Uh, "What do you think their biggest obstacle was?" A veteran answered, "TSA," which mercifully <laughs> lightened the mood. Uh, Sean McDermott's an idiot. Extend him now, Dan. Oh my! Well, it's 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 fertile ground for ridicule. Yeah, keep keep him going. Uh, we need a ruling. What? And we, I, I'm assuming we have to rename the Bills Mafia. So is it going to be the Bills Taliban or Bills <laughs> or Bills Kada? <laughs> I, I think we got to pull Luke Russert in the audience on that one. Um, Jesus Christ, Scott Shelley, say what you will about the Rod Rust era. In New England, I don't think he ever uh, referenced uh, terror attacks to motivate that one in fifteen team. Dear Lord, it, it's 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 just cuckoo crazy. It's a uh, it's Full Metal Jacket, Gunny Hartman, you know, <laughs> praising in praising Oswald's marksmanship skills. <laughs> I, I think the funnier story actually was one talking about the woman who drove into the Niagara River. <laughs> And, you know, it was a shaggy dog story. And guess what? She died. (laughs) And the the players are like, you know, having to, you know, having to, you know, bite their tongues to stop from laughing. You know, why are you telling us this? He's like a belligerent Michael Scott. I mean, he really is. (laughs) It's, uh, and it's funny. They, uh, they were so close. They were so close, you know, after after Hamlin seconds. died. Oh, and, Jesus. And, well, there are people who will tell you that he died. There are people who will tell you that, you know, it's not the same Hamlin anymore, but, you know, that that's that's my other podcast. But anyways, <laughs> but an, anyways, it's just amazing watching, uh, just watching the, watching their playoff Super Bowl window, just, you know, drop centimeter by centimeter at a time it's it's a lot of fun let me ask you scott who were you rooting for in that game i mean you got mahomes and the chiefs on one side you got the bills and mcdermott and i guess there's nothing to hate about josh allen he's a opposition quarterback who's a rock-headed dickhead and a mobile bledsoe but who who are you rooting for i i I feel dirty i was kind of rooting for kansas city uh... to knock buffalo out of the playoff race Oh no no! I was I was Buffalo all the way. I was Swanton bombing on the tables, you know, like no one's <laughs> business. It was because I just uh, I just can't handle any more any more Kansas City. So I we were gonna need gonna need the team to take care of business next week. And you were rewarded for that. I, I was I was you know good things happen to good people like me. Despite <laughs> despite McDermott McDermott's game management best. They had the ball with two minutes, 11 seconds to go, and they managed to run off seven seconds with three passes. Well, Ted Nation round of applause for the game management skills <laughs> of Sean McDermott. Extend him now. Hashtag extend McD now. <laughs> I assume you were reading for the Chiefs as well, Dan. Uh, no, no. it was. <laughs> it, I felt dirty too, but I 
for whatever reason. I'm, I'm with Scarcy there. I've, <laughs> I've had enough of Kansas City. And and that bore out with watching uh, uh, Mahomes' uh, you temper beat me to the next the subject. The you beat me to the next subject. Yeah, Mahomes, yeah. Uh, I think one of us, uh, maybe it was you, Scarcy, in the show thread said that, uh, or maybe it was Brother John, uh, adversity doesn't build character, it reveals it. And I, if, if that's the case, uh, te salute, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And who would have thought, again, stealing this from somebody else, but who would have thought that a second-generation pro athlete would be, a, uh, would be an absolute spoiled baby, Birdie-esque spoiled baby? Right. right. Yes, well, indeed. Well, uh, how, do you, <laughs> how do you not know that you're, you know, a foot and a half off sides? Ask D. Ford. Well, exactly. Well, that's that's defense. <laughs> I mean, do you know how <laughs> so you know the uh, the Chiefs Kingdom or whoever? First off, that's a stupid name. What is that? What is Chiefs Kingdom? I don't get it. <laughs> well, they're Chiefs, so they have a kingdom, of course. I mean, figure it out. You <laughs> it's know, the stupidest right calling the team the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> if you think about it, right? It, Buffalo Bill was not from Buffalo. The, the, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. I mean, Buffalo Williams. I mean, it's it's bad. Will you find That's... out how the uh, New York Rangers got named? <laughs> <laughs> the owner was named Tex. And that, my friends, is the rest of the story. Um, the Chiefs yes, and the Bills uh, despicable. Go ahead, Scranton. Mm-hmm. Ah, just, just the, the the absolute disbelief that you know the fact that, like I put in the uh, sports junk drawer, that the final two minutes of the game isn't the purge where you know all laws are you know uh, all laws are null and void, so that you know if it's a if it's a really cool play, it has to count. Yeah, it's uh, exactly. I, I did not think it was a very cool play. It was God. I, there's an alternate world. Where Kadarius Tony, who by the way, God bless him, I think he might be have been sent to sabotage the Chiefs, yeah. giving up a second round pick, the Giants for him. God bless him. But there's a there's a parallel world where the Chiefs line up correctly and Kelsey pulls that play. And we're all in the Michael Hutchins gimp contraction after Kelsey <laughs> gets praise all week. And oh my God. Mahomes actually had the temerity to say that that will affect Kelsey's Hall of Fame chances. Yeah, Mahomes becomes more unlikable the more he opens his Muppet mouth. I don't know which, uh, it might have been Chatham, but it was a defensive player tweeting about, you know, if if you're going to enjoy uh, a, a de- defensive uh, offsides as your free play, you, you don't have the right to say, oh, well, you should just let him play on the, if it's going the other way. No, that's that's very true. You I know agree what, with that. that. Do you know what that reminded me of watching the the various photoshops of Kadarius Tony lining up offside? Is when Belichick in preparing to have his Patriots play the Rams in Super Bowl 36, he had his receivers start a couple of yards downfield so that the defensive backs could get a feel for how quick that Holt and Bruce and Hakeem would be on them. Yeah. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why that play happened because the guy lined up. Half a yard offsides. Just, I'm, I'm just asking the question, caller. You know, there were a couple of joke photos like that, and I think like Ross Tucker was one of them, putting out the picture that had right uh, Tony photoshopped, you know, ten yards down down the field. But Ron Bore just didn't see it, and he fell for it, <laughs> and kept falling for it. I can't, I can't believe he said that, Ross. He was obviously offsides. So, Uppy did too, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah, oh, octogenarians, octogenarians of a feather uh, wobble together in this case. Um, a couple of more quick hits before we get on um, to our uh, last subject and then our, our final thought. Um, we want to talk about the, the almost perfect storm. The Dolphins take a two-touchdown lead into the last four minutes of the game, and Coach Drip, the despicable Coach Drip and the Dolphins, uh, managed to lose that game. And, oh, by the way, you hate it to hear when bad things happen to good people. Ty, uh, Tyreek Hill got hurt in the game as well. Scarcy, do you see that light in the corner of your eye? That's the Dolphins' Super Bowl chances career dissipation light, and it just went into overdrive. Also, Back for draft. the hard knocks, I'm, I'm one of the few sickos who watch hard knocks because I love to hate Coach Drip. 
<laughs> and he is an absolute blithering narcissistic moron. And I can't wait for this week's episode, but the dolphins, they still lead Hills hurt. Um, man, that was fun. I sometimes others must fail so we can be happy. And that's where we're at in this Patriots season. Your thoughts, Scarzi. Well, I feel bad for football cat, you know, football cat wanted Miami to win. But uh, I, on the other hand, I'm happy for uh, old friend two times and his uh, and his Titans. So you know, we, you know, every time they close a door and they open a window or something along those lines. But it was a and and like you say, there's there, there's so much to dislike about this Miami team, and they and it all and, and it all it's came not... and it all came together in one big package. And if you didn't dislike them enough, they signed Jason Pierre Paul last week. So they got that going for them, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, two times hasn't been that happy since his prom night. Dan, uh, <laughs> how did you how did you enjoy the Dolphins going up in flames? Well, first of all, that was a great game. Great, great ending. We had two great games. Terrific game. Mike Rabel's mm-hmm. a terrific coach. Sorry, two times. Mike Rabel is a terrific another excellent game day coach right. who manages how to do it. And for all the analytics stuff, you know, that Dan and I rage tweet back and forth of each other, I get going for two when you're down 14 and score a touchdown i get that and it worked out for them in this case right that and i think they found their quarterback um is is hill now in i mean how how bad is the injury from this it's it sounds like he's not able to cut on that i don't i don't know the details of it but is he now going to be more of a no, just a mere mortal receiver? Let's go to our Twitter doctor. Actually, we don't have a Twitter doctor because you know we have integrity. I mean, speeds his game. He's the best receiver, probably the best player in football. If we're being honest, uh, Tua looks like a completely different player without him. Um, the annoyingly competent Tua did not look competent at all when he's gone. But having said that, they still have Waddle. They, uh, Jalen Waddle's a terrific player. Raheem Mostert leads the NFL in touchdowns. Um, as much as I dislike uh, McDaniel, you know, do I want to see him fail? Yes. But I think there's a, their <laughs> offensive line isn't very good. Right. Their defense is the defense is pretty good. I mean, they lost Jalen Phillips. Um, the annoyingly good Andrew Van Ginkle has been shoved down our throats by hard knocks is having a good year, but I don't know. The AFC is so wide open. The NFC seems to be a little much more narrow. I mean, what do you think? I mean, it's, it's on two and now, right? It's probably on the running game more. To, and we were talking earlier this year that like the Dolphins running game gashed the Patriots who are only allowing in over the season, the Patriots are allowing barely over three yards of carry. And the, the Dolphins are good in the backfield, the, the running game. Yeah. Crazy good. I mean, just averaging like 10 yards of carry or something like that as HN at the beginning of the season was doing. Um, but you know, how much is that tied in with Hill? How much is tied into the threat That's of fair. Hill? It's fair. And true, true. We say this all the time. It's also interrelated. Every everything in football, it's all complimentary. Um, yeah, I'll be watching. And the Dolphins are renowned for having Tua get the ball out really, really quickly because they're probably afraid of him getting a concussion. Can they he get the ball out that quickly when he doesn't have the fastest receiver in the world? on his side. So there's a, there's a lot of storylines left um, for the rest of the season. So uh, again, that concludes our around the league segment and we're on to our uh, second to last segment coming up. All right, let's do our Celtics minute. Now uh, Celtics come from behind Dan, huge deficit early against Cleveland. Uh, they came back to win uh, fairly comfortably. Jalen Brown looking much more uh, – Jalen Brown looking very, very comfortable developing rapport with Porzingis. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't win the in-season tournament. Um, God, the Lakers are hanging a banner. I can't wait to see what that <laughs> banner looks like. Yeah, so It'll be can... made in Indianapolis. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Banner um, capital of the U.S. Good Lord. Um the Jalen Brown stuff, you know, Jalen Brown's the highest paid player in the NBA. Uh, I don't think he's top one of the three best Celtics, but his rapport with Przingis is really good and everything's on track. That loss in Indianapolis was frustrating. Pacers are good. The Pacers are really good. And them, they and the Magic 
match up really well with the Celtics. The, the pace is played really, really fast pace, but um, Jalen's playing well. All is well. They're on a 60 win pace. Um, just keep Porzingis healthy and try to develop some back end bench help to help the starters that have Brad will make the right move. Um, full speed ahead, right? Yeah. Well, first on Brown, I, I love that, especially in this last game, he was actually playing pretty well in the clutch. You know, he was, there Not were times where, it. you know, yeah, I was telling you, he's, he's, um, he he gets there's like a knee jerk instinct he has to st- to start to want to do it all himself. He he was out on the break, but he still had three defenders in front of him, and you could see he was just about to try to drive, you know that 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 instinct kicking in. But then he fumbled a little bit, but then pulled it back and passed it around. But but in the in the clutch, he's he's looking for Brzingis. He found uh, was it White over uh, cross court uh, for the three. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, but but also with Brown, I agree with you. He's not. I don't think of him as one of the top three on the team either. But he definitely has a skill set of, of a very uh, useful skill set. Like he can be that guy that can carry an offense when it's not going well for the other guys until they start warming up with the threes. And so uh, the other thing I want to mention is with the last two games, I think those were games that they've lost last year. You know. There, I'd agree with that. Certainly, that Cavaliers one would would have been one they lost last year, but they just stuck with it, kept kept to their game, and then pulled away late. And that Knicks game was that was a great game on Friday, but the same sort of thing. That would be a game they would have lost last year. Scarcy, sure. say the line regarding the Knicks, please. Is that a rivalry? Oh, uh, you know, a hammer and a nail are not rivals. Thank you very much. Uh, your feeling on. Uh, the last couple of games of the Celtics, despite losing the in-season tournament, uh, bouncing back to beat the, beating the Knicks is always fun. There's always just enough Knicks fans in the Garden. It, it, I want to see. I want to see their despair when they, you know, it's the Celtics are just like Milton Berle when they play the Knicks at home. <laughs> they pull out just enough to win, and Knicks fans' sorrow will never fail to make me happy. As rightly it should. And uh, this is the uh, this is the team that they thought that they had at the beginning of the season. You know, they had some yeah. injuries, and now it's it's what they they thought they were going to be uh, rolling out there. You know, day in and day out with some load management here and there, and and surprise, they're playing some uh, some winning basketball. Um, I, I there's there's some good players out there. Apparently, that uh, that Spider is quite a good player. <laughs> So you've got to, you know, got to take your hat off to, you know, you know, the rest of the league is, you know, they're on varsity too. So, but it's a, I, I think that 54 win uh, total is going to be, uh, going to be in reach. You that know, was an entitled town lock, a, a Schlager <laughs> lock of the week on entitled town. So we shall see. I, I put my, I put my money where my mouth is. I put, you know, an entire unit down. So. One full unit from the Western free uh, mortgage free Western mass. Scarcy, I think you may have uh, been reading Dan and my mind. Uh, Dan, we were talking on text last night, um, like the old bastards that we are. Can we think of an eighties comp for uh, Donovan Mitchell? And my first, my first answer was Danny Ainge because Danny Ainge has that kind of range or had that kind of range as a player. And he was really good in transition went to the basket hard, similar height. I thought another one is would be, uh, this is going in the way, way back machine for me. Uh, Walter Davis with the Suns was a six-foot-six-inch oh, wow. forward who could shoot the, the shit out of the ball, went to North Carolina, and like a lot of uh, 80s guys in the NBA, he probably did a little too much of the white powder. Um, but Mitchell's a good player. They were missing... Maybe their best player last night, Evan Mobley. The Cavaliers could be a problem. Oh yeah, I and I and I said to you that uh, Mitchell might be my favorite non-Celtic right there, short right. of uh, Jokic. Um, <laughs> he can do it all. He's a very impressive player, and he always gives them fits. Makes me wonder if he's another one of those guys that, when he's not playing the Celtics, maybe I'm just not seeing the you know the two for twelve nights. That's fair. One thing I I don't get, and 
maybe the the New York thing is too big in my head. Everything's saying, or all the conventional wisdom in the media is that he's going to go join the Knicks. It's kind of reminiscent of when Carmelo Anthony was with the Nuggets a decade ago, and then the Knicks. Carmelo's going to New York. The Knicks gave up a boatload for him instead of waiting the year be, when he be, could become a free agent and join there for free. But what's Am I being naive? What's the draw of New York to play alongside another small guard with Jalen Brunson? I mean, that's that team can't defend that Brunson Mitchell backcourt wouldn't be able to defend anybody. Can you imagine how much the White and Drew Holiday would tie those two up? My word. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it either. All right. Well, that's our our Celtics two minutes. Um take the over. Um if you just Thank us later when you cash your tickets at the end of the season for the over 54. Um, we're on to our final thoughts. Uh, Dan, you are up, and what's your final thought? Well, the credo of this of this show, the credo of this podcast is uh, turn off your radio. And But I couldn't help myself after after the Patriots win. I, I, I was just too curious. I had to find out. Okay, how's how are Felger and Maz going to treat this? And so I listened in on Friday, and just right, it was such a shit show. It just right down the line, every single person that the you wouldn't have known that the Patriots had won. Uh, uh, Murray starts out by saying, "Well, you know, ha ha, Mac defenders. Uh, this for every everybody that's still a Mac defender. Obviously, Zappy's the guy." And and. Maz followed up by saying, well, you know, this was like shooting fish in a barrel. So the, you know, the takeaway is that Pittsburgh sucks, uh, that they were a get well opponent. And then uh, Felger immediately goes into the theme for what they were going to do for the rest, which is that why wasn't there a quarterback competition? This was a failure on the part of Belichick. Why wasn't there a quarterback competition back in camp? Conveniently forgetting Zappy kind of sucked in camp and he sucked <laughs> in preseason and he was actually cut. <laughs> before coming back on his, on the practice squad, right? Um, and but, hadn't been really good up until the first half on Thursday and wasn't really good in the second half either. Right, right. And so they kept it going. Uh, uh, Maz, well, the next one is, why did Bill take so long to get to Zappy? And Murray came back with, well, he was trying to think of, there must have been some ulterior motive on on Bill's part. He did it either, he, he was playing Mac to spite uh, craft where he's playing Mac to spite Mac, which uh, doesn't really make sense. You know, I'm going to play you to spite you. That uh, I don't get the the gist of that, but it went on and on. Then they brought Chris Gasper on, and so Chris Gasper's theory he was he was keying on something where uh, there was a story during the game where Zappy was telling his old college coach that he would eventually start this season. So Gasper took that to mean aha. Zappy has been undermining Mac Jones the whole way. And so you don't want him next year because he'll be undermining, you know, the guy that they're surely to draft in April. It, it, and then uh, Felger gets on something that I guess Zappy at the end of one interview said, go Pats. And Felger said, oh, how cocky is that? That's just on and on and on. So at what got, point it, did you feel yourself losing IQ points with doing this? <laughs> that's and that's that's key right here this it made me think who are they the, the patriots have won and they've gone down every possible negative thing you can take from this like murray saying oh great now now they're going to keep belichick this is terrible uh some guys calling in saying oh well this is you know they gotta they gotta be um uh they gotta tank they gotta tank they, why what are they doing this for so it got me thinking about it. You know, they actually won a game in the road in prime time against the Steelers and absolutely nothing positive to say about the game. Every good play was lucky. Every good decision cloaked some hidden agenda. Every good outcome was a mirage hiding some darker repercussion that the fans need to worry about. Yeah. Um, it made me think of something. Who Who is their audience? And there's an old H.L. Mencken quote. Uh, no one ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American public which uh, some said that he didn't say intelligence. He said nobody ever under underestimated the taste. But either way, it, it totally fits with the... Story the, checks out. The, yeah, the Felger program. So it's no wonder that Matt from Framingham was the first caller saying <laughs> Belichick must go, no less. 
that's all his audience is. It's 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 sports radio for dummies, programming for the lowest common denominator. You had it exactly right. How many how many uh, how many brain cells was I losing as it as I was going along? So why do people listen? Because it's validating. It's reaffirming. Felger's telling Matt from Framingham. Yeah, you absolutely could coach better than Bell. He's telling uh, who who else have they got? Like uh, Cam from Taunton. Uh, you could totally draft better players, but they're laughing at him at the same time. And well, you could bananas. hear it. You could hear it when as soon as Matt called in, you could hear them laughing as soon as they heard it. Heard you know the guys got a little bit of a speech impediment, and they were just laughing at him. So yes, the lowest common denominator. It's definitely not tailored for us. So I'm going to go back to what we were saying. Turn off your radio. God bless you, Dan. Um, I couldn't put it any better than you did. Um, everyone, thank you for listening to Entitled Town. Scarzi's Sports Drunk Draw is always a must read. Uh, he is at the15net.com and at Pat Scartel on the X. Nick Cattles blows. Uh, please unfollow him or ridicule him righteously. He is the new Brian Barrett in my eyes. He sucks and he must be called out. Dan is at Patriots Daily. My name is Mike Irons. Thank you for listening to Entitled Town. Um, well, hopefully we'll be able to squeeze a few more of these off uh, before Christmas. Uh, if they do beat Kansas City, there'll be something unnamed that happens uh, maybe around 4 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. But, uh, Dan, do you want to say the line before I send it off to uh, the Rictator? Sure. Don't forget, turn off the radios. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.